0: Now, Robert Phillips recently took part in an epic trek and it was all for a very good cause. Robert, who arrived in Clare from Wales many years ago, was part of a group of volunteers who embarked on an expedition of the Arctic Circle, with Robert taking on the challenge to raise money for the charity Sightsavers. This trip involved lots of training and preparation, skiing through sub-zero conditions and almost permanent darkness. However, Robert's chances of even undertaking all of the preparation for the trip, never mind the journey to the Arctic Circle itself, was almost completely scuppered by a serious cycling accident. I caught up recently with Robert Phillips to find out more about him and his big adventure in the Arctic Circle. Hi, I'm Robert Phillips. Uh, I live up near Corriffin. Robert, we're we're speaking to you because of your epic trip to the Arctic Circle, but before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? That's not a Corriffin accent.
1: No, no, I'm originally from Wales, but I've, I've lived up here for... Now on 20 years now. Uh, first came over for the construction boom, but um, the real reason for living in Clare is my passion for surfing. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up surfing in West Wales. I actually came over here in the mid-90s with a surfboard and a rucksack and um, first place I surfed was Spanish Point. And back in 2006, we actually got married in Spanish Point, overlooking the break. You're in the ideal location, it's, so, in this it, county. It's a great location. Yeah, And of
0: course being from Wales you're, you're fond of the Oval Ball uh, I believe you're involved with Ennis Rugby Club as well
1: <laughs> Well we won't talk too much about Welsh rugby at the moment but um, <laughs> my, nep- my nephew is actually playing in, in the Principality Stadium in the school's final oh, okay. um, but yeah, no, I love rugby and past couple of years been involved with coaching the under-12s we've got a squad of 40 so it's great fun and we're actually going up to Dublin for a big tournament up in Willow Park which last year's under-12s won so we have a lot to, to prove again this year I mentioned the Arctic Circle trip,
0: but I mean, that wouldn't have been the first time you've done something of that nature. But before we get to that, how did your involvement with that trip to the Arctic Circle come about?
1: Um, well, Sight Savers is a charity that I've been sponsoring for a few years through my business. So that's really the connection. You know, I do a few days work each year, let say, for charity. You know, I have this concept of, you know, I charge so much per day for my work and so much goes to charity. So Sight Savers one of those. So they contacted you to see if you'd be up for it, and straight away you said yes. <laughs> well, I got an email, you know, they, they sent an email out showing the, the, the fundraiser, it was their 20th year in, in Ireland, so they put this, this trip together. They haven't done anything themselves like this before. Um, so I looked at the email, It looked interesting, I sort of mentioned it to my wife and she said nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, I just logged on for the, the briefing, and it went from there really.
0: Can you tell us about your previous experience with, with these kind of adventures? Because you, you're, you're a very
1: charitable man. You, you've helped out other <laughs> charities which has brought you around the world. Where have you been and who have you helped out? I've done a lot of trekking, but the only yeah. other charity I did was Guide Dogs for the Blind. Back in 1999, we did a Cuba cycle challenge, cycling across Cuba, just to raise money for that one. So that's the only one I've done on the same sort of fundraising model. The other trips you've taken, were they just kind of like travel. personal trips to travel. push yourself? Yeah, or? absolutely. Just travel you know an interesting adventure yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is still there obviously but you know having the family sort of put pay to that for 15 years or so but uh yeah i like the outdoors and like going to wild places okay so g- can you give us a sense of the timeline of when you were asked
0: to take part in the arctic circle trip how long you would need for preparation and when that preparation was hampered by your escapades with a bicycle
1: Yeah, well, basically, I I sort of half-committed last July. And then I was out cycling in in August, and that's when I came off the bike and ended up going down to A&E on a spine board, you know. And I was actually lying in in A&E for three days. Luckily, nothing was broken, but they kept me in just in case I had some ligament damage. And, you know, if you've got ligament damage, you can still literally break your neck afterwards. Mm. So they wouldn't release me until I, I got out of that one. Now, I was very stiff and sore. And actually, Lauren from Sightsee was rang me while I was in hospital. So I was sort of laying, laying there in a the neck brace, you know, strapped in, and I put her on speaker. F- I put her on FaceTime. I said, <laughs> "Guess where I am, Lauren?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> so I said, I-, "I tell you what, Lauren. If I get out of here in, in-, in one piece, I'll do it. Because I, up to that point, I've been mean, sort of fifty-fifty whether I do it, you know, because busy with work and kids and." You know it's a bit of it's it's a bit of a selfish thing to go off by yourself when you've got three kids and a wife and a busy schedule but um so I, I sort of committed then did it almost
0: give you a, a goal to strive towards in order to overcome
1: yeah. what you had been through? I think I was looking for a challenge anyway without knowing it yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no definitely definitely it, it was the road to recovery, certainly how long was that road to recovery um I wouldn't say I'm 100% now, to be, to be honest. I mean, even, you know, I did train through the autumn, and I probably overtrained a bit because I got to November, and I actually started getting shooting sensations down both arms when I moved my neck. So I went back to the doctor, and my doctor said, oh, my God, you know, no surfing, stop what you're doing. We're not doing anything else until you get an MRI scan. So pretty much I had that MRI scan on Stephen's Day, and she said, "You can probably go on the trip, but let's see what the scan says." Um, but essentially, that was just crushed vertebrae and, and bulging discs. Which is, some of it is an old, long-term rugby injury, which they told me at the time in Limerick as well. Mm. But I, I pushed the training a bit too much with weights and things, so I had to calm down.
0: Like, yeah, you obviously have to be mindful of that because, like, you know, trekking in the Arctic Circle, you're going to be carrying a lot of gear on your back and traipsing through snow which would you know take its toll as well
1: but particularly the gear on your back i'd imagine that would be a, a big worry yeah it's not actually on your back you're you're towing the sled called a pulk so you have this strap this harness on and you're towing about 30 kilograms hmm. it's fine when you're on a flat but going uphill it is quite a weight hmm. so yeah i mean we, we we met up when we all got together there's 13 volunteers and then there were two from sightsavers savers and four from four leaders from company wicklow called adventure.ie We're all qualified mountain leaders and Arctic-trained expedition people. Um, So we had two briefings up in Wicklow through the autumn, and they sort of took us out for the day walking around the hills and assessed our fitness and told us where we needed to get to. So it was all down to us to get fit. Um, How far off were you? Not too far off, to be honest. (laughs) Not too bad, not too bad.
0: (laughs) So what was involved in the training then, Rob, between the autumn and heading over there in February? Uh, Mainly
1: endurance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to put it, he said, you know, imagine going out for a walk for four hours one day up in the mountains. Next day, you do six hours. Next day, you do eight hours. So just build up, up, go further and further. Don't peak too early. Just peak at the right time
0: as well. Was that difficult for you, then, always being mindful of what you had just come through?
1: Um, Well, naturally, I was very concerned at Christmas, you know, and had these neck issues Mm. when I was getting nerve pains down both arms. Um, but luckily, that settled down, and it wasn't an issue for the trip. Um, I'm being a bit older, you know. I've, I've got a few knocks, so <laughs> we won't reveal your age. But you're looking well for us. We're, we're not invincible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we have this thing about we're invincible, aren't we? And then yep. you, you know, you get some wake-up calls when you when you get a bit older. But look, it, it was for a very good cause. We yeah. we're doing it for Sight Savers. I think your goal in mind was to raise seven thousand euro. Well, the minimum was five thousand. We had to get five thousand each. I mean, we had a goal of seventy-five thousand as a group. And we, we finally got to 90,000, so it's fantastic. Uh, everybody at Sightsavers are so pleased. You know, this is, a, as I say, it's mark, mark the 20th anniversary of Sightsavers in Ireland, so... Um, and it's fantastic work they do on the ground, out in Africa and, 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 and India and all sorts of places. You know, it's, it's so needless that kids are losing their sight for what can cost a few euros in treatment. Just shows you like what difference
0: a trip like this will make, and ninety thousand euro will go a very long
1: way. Absolutely, absolutely, the number of lives that can change.
0: So the closer you got to uh, departure day, were you feeling pretty confident about being able to get through the Like, how long was this trip to the Arctic Circle going to be? You had to travel to Trondheim in Norway and do a bit of kind of prep work there. Well,
1: we we, tra- we, we flew to Oslo and straight up to Tromsø, and, and then we went east over over the border into Finland. Um, north of Norway is quite mountainous and then still quite mountainous in, into Finland and then it gets pretty flat and boggy but you've got to make of lakes and mountains so we, the first three days we were at a, a base camp essentially because they needed to train us and make sure we were all up for it because you can't prepare here for that cult you know, you need all, all the group leaders, naturally, if, if you're leading a group of new people out in somewhere like the Arctic, one thing goes wrong, that's fine. Two things go wrong, it spirals. So they've got to make sure everybody is, is up for it, capable, no issues, you know, because they just can't risk being stuck out in the wilderness in minus 20 when three people are down, you know and they don't have a backup plan, they've got a a plan D, plan E, plan F, all worked out and ready. So it was three days of assessment, basically, and then we did go into splitting into two groups. One was a more capable group, went a longer distance, Mm -hmm. and there there was a second group, which went a shorter distance. You don't have to reveal which one you were in if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a longer group, Alan. Come on, give me a break, give me a break. <laughs> Those temperatures are up minus 20. Was that during the day and did it get yeah, much yeah, worse yeah, at yeah. night? Well, the, the worst it got was one day it was minus 30 in the morning and it didn't get above minus 25. Now, luckily, there was no wind chill that day. The wind chill, it would have been too cold to go out. If you, if you had wind chill on, it could be minus you know, another minus 15 on top of that because mm. the wind up there will go through you. Um, but it, it was fine when you're moving. I mean, you, 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 we got all a range of equipment. You had to have a lot of options: two different thicknesses of gloves, different layers, balaclava, gilet. You know, different types of jacket. You had a shell jacket on top of warm clothing for when you were actually moving, and when you stopped, you had to change that and put on a thick down jacket. Um, so it was fine when you you know it was okay, but when you stopped. If you took a glove off because you needed to eat a snack, which is what we did, whoa, well, you got quickly, very quick, cold very quickly, and that hand you would feel it stinging even after you put your glove back on. <laughs> My hands not warming up, you know. People <laughs> are moving their hands to get to get the blood flowing back out, and and you also, you know, it's all about learning cold management and knowing the difference of have you got too cold on your core, or is it just cold hands because. If your core's cold, your body will draw the heat away from your extremities. That's actually a sign that you're not, you're not warm enough on your core. So it was, it was getting the balance of clothing as well, because when you move in two, if, you, you know, if you've got too many clothes on, you're going to sweat. And you do sweat, even though you're in the Arctic. If you've got layers on and you know, you're trekking 20 kilometres, pulling the 30-kilogram sledge you're going you're gonna to sweat a bit, you know, if you've got too many layers, so... And the downside of that sweat is it turns too? Please. <laughs> yeah, so that's... that's <laughs> It's getting that balance right, and so knowing when you're at the point where you might start sweating, so take a layer off. It's that flexibility. But yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, the, I can show you some pictures of people all frosted up, the guys with beards were all frosted up, and icicles coming off stashes and things, and <laughs> girls' hair were freezing, you know, the ponytails were out there, but they were frosted and solid. <laughs>
0: and you did send me some pictures and i mean it looks spectacular yeah. and thankfully i didn't feel the cold for the mm. pictures how long did the trip take in total and you know where were you stopping off you sent me one picture of
1: like a cabin was that yeah. your
0: base that you returned to each evening or no, how no, did it work
1: we, we, it was basically we, we did three days training at the base cabin mm. and then and then we we're off off trekking to remote cabins so we did three days out then to two remote cabins on different nights So we had to take all our foods you know, these are just cabins with maybe a wood stove and, and that's it. Um, technically, it's in, it's in the Finnish National Park where they're very well organised. You know, all, all these cabins, they have a woodshed, a cabin. So, you, you know, you chop your wood. And, well, the wood, there should be enough wood there left ready to light a fire because if somebody gets to the cabin and they you are know, on the verge of hypothermia. Mm. Somebody should have left a couple of matches sticking out of a matchbox because cold fingers can't really open a matchbox to light a match. And enough kindling and enough logs to get the stove going because that will save somebody's life. Mm. So out of courtesy you do the same for the next people coming. So yeah, it it was a trek out, you know, 15, 20 kilometres off to the first cabin, same for the next one and then back. So we were were off for three days out in the wilderness as such.
0: Were, I mean, were there any difficult moments, any moments where you felt you were struggling and
1: what was that sense of achievement like when you'd completed the trek? Um... (coughs) was fine, to be honest. Um, one guy had an asthma attack. <laughs> and he, he was saying to leaders, you know, oh, we have, to, we have to call in the skidoo and get me back here. Uh, but it wasn't really practically an option. But we just kept going and he, he was OK. It was, it was part sort of... I stayed with him and the leader and we kept talking and he said to me afterwards, you know what, Rob, that I would really appreciate that because you, you talking to Sinead, the leader... Just took my mind off it, and I kept going till we got to the hut. I'm not sure if he actually told them yeah, he had asthma before he went. So he should have. So <laughs> he said it doesn't normally flare up. It just flared up there. But apart from that, no, there were no issues. I mean, yeah, we got cold, and that, we were told that. You had to put up with cold hands and cold feet. Uh, none of us knew what to expect with the cold. But it was... It was I'd go back again. You, 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 you did enjoy it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a dry cold, you've got the equipment, you've got the gloves, you know, I was worried about face freezing and things, because, you you know, we were talking about that, and some of the leaders said before in Wicklow, there's times I've seen people and the flesh goes white on the cheek, and that's the first sign of frostbite, so you have to cover up or warm the cheek. So I was, a big, Especially with a prominent nose, I was a bit worried about things like that, you know? <laughs> well, if the extended Phillips family
0: are listening, uh, you could be going on holiday next this coming winter to the Arctic Circle.
1: <laughs> well, a few of us want to go back. I mean, yeah. uh, the same companies do a three-country um, cross-country ski ex- uh, um, expedition mm. through Finland, Norway, and, and so on. I mean, I haven't told my wife yet, but uh, <laughs> I would go again, definitely. I would go again. It, it was tough. It was very cold, but... It's a lovely climb and
0: look, it was for an extremely good cause. That money is going—that ninety grand is going oh, to make such a huge difference, absolutely, and massive. To even have come through the cycling accident, the training, and the trip itself mm. um, must be very satisfying.
1: It is very satisfying, very satisfying. Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll, we'll watch the space as to what you get up to next. But uh, Rob
1: Phillips, <laughs> thank you very much for speaking to us. Thanks, Alan. Thanks very much. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, my thanks to Robert Phillips and Fairplay, him and everyone else who went on that trip to the Arctic Circle.